Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the One Link Podcast. I am Brad, and I'm joined, as always, by James. How are you doing, James? I'm doing wonderful. Good. Well, we have another special guest today. One of our favorite campus ministry friends is joining us. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, we are excited. We want to pick your brain a little bit, Jenny, on some of your experience mobilizing students. I know you've had many conversations with students about wanting to go overseas, so we're going to try to see if we can draw some uh, some lessons from that or just hear some interesting stories. But maybe you could start just sharing your own background, what your involvement in missions has been, and you know, either the overseas side or then when you came back, kind of your mobilization experience. So maybe we start there. Yeah, sounds great. I think God used even the examples of my siblings. They, my sister did a journeyman term when I was still in high school. I think that just put the opportunities overseas and the nations in front of me. So when I came to college, I don't think it was a question of if I was ever going to do a link trip. It was just a matter of when and where to. So my sophomore, in between my sophomore and junior year of college, I went overseas on a link trip to Central Asia. And I just, I went on an eight week trip. I, I tell people, I encourage people and tell people I went on a short-term trip with a long-term vision. And so that summer, I just spent the summer praying and asking God, is this something you could see me doing more long-term? And when it was time to get on the plane, I didn't want to get on the plane and cried all my way, all the way to the airport. And I just felt like God had used that summer to answer that question saying like, yeah, I could see you doing this more long-term. So I came back and kind of give my parents like a two-year warning. I was like, don't worry, I'll finish school, but just let you know when I'm done school, I'm planning moving overseas, but our timeline isn't always the same as God. So I ended up teaching for a couple of years after graduation. And then after, during, yeah, like after two years of teaching, I moved overseas and joined a church planting team in Central Asia and was there um, as a journeyman. But then I ended up extending my time there and stayed for a third year. And so that was a really, uh, I would say like both the summer, my link trip in 2001, and then the years that I was a journeyman were just so life-changing for me. It was really fun. Those three years I was in Central Asia, I got to host link Mm -hmm. trips. So link teams. And so that was such a joy and something that I, a part of my time overseas that was really enjoyable for me. Then I moved over, I moved back to America and got to work at a church up in Iowa and was there kind of doing like mobilization and also just coordination of overseas trips for about six years until God brought me to Kansas and I've been doing it here for eight years. So mm. that's yeah. kind of my history. I also went on one other link trip in 2016. So that yeah. was also very different being on staff and taking a group of students to East Asia, which was a very different environment than what I'd been used to, but also a great experience for me. And you and I met at the, your orientation when you were going journeyman back when we were youngsters, right? That's so that right. A few years ago. <laughs> Just a few years ago. I met Brad and Mercy before there were any little painters running around. Yeah, I think that would have been 17 years ago now. 2005. So yeah. wow. it, was, it was a waste. <laughs> mm-hmm. Give us, uh, before we get into mobilization, give us a couple of highlight stories from your time uh, in Central Asia when you were there as a J-man. 
Hmm. Well, oh man. I mean, this isn't necessarily a story, but one of the best things that like one, one highlight from being there was just like what God taught me about community. I was really blessed in that I served on a really great team and we just prayer walked together. We ministered to the people together. We celebrate birthdays and Christmases together. I mean, we just did so much together. I feel like God really used that to teach me about community and what it is possible with community. And I know that's not everybody's experience, but I'm really grateful. It was mine. And I think when, I mean, this taps into mobilizing, but when people are thinking about going overseas long-term, I just emphasize a lot, like how important it is to know the team on the field and the leadership there, because Mm -hmm that can make, make or break a situation. But like some of the people that I served alongside are still to this day, like I consider them really close, like really good friends, even if I don't see them very often, there's just like a special place in my heart for them. Mm-hmm. I know it's not necessarily a story, but that is like one thing one that I took away from, from yeah. my time. So for, for my information, was that the same, was it the same team that you went on a, a one link trip with? To them, or how did you get connected to a no, good team? No, I went to a different part of Central Asia when I returned. So, okay. yeah, no, when I showed up in the country I moved to, I had never been there before. So, okay. I showed up with a one way ticket and four bags and had never stepped in the city. Yeah. And <laughs> so. did you, did you know anything about your team? Like, like that was an important part. Like, did you just, God blessed you, or had you like researched and like, how did you get? Mm-hmm. It was pretty important to me to go someplace where my church was like support, like where there were connections with my church mm-hmm. and my church had sent short-term teams to that part of the world before. Mm-hmm. And so I think that in like the leader of the country at that time, like the, not like the political leader, yeah, like not the, the leader, president or king, but the, no, yeah. Like the, the person overseeing all of the international team or all of the teams there had been connected with our church. So I already knew that I could like trust the leadership. So ironically he moved shortly after I got there, but <laughs> still got used that to get me there. And I had just like heard, oh, I, there had been other people from my church that had served in that country before. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was part of like what got that country on my radar. I had, I remember like I had Pray. A, friend, a good friend of mine had served in that country one summer and I had spent that summer praying for her. So I think God, he was even planting seeds in my heart for that place mm-hmm. years before, before that. Yeah. So. But let's, let's talk a little bit about your mobilization role. Cause that, that's kind of the uh, series that we're on here. And I will say that in our office, Jenny, you always get a gold star for <laughs> the most organized, and the best initiative taker of all of our mobilizers. So if we had a, like a mobilizer of the month, you know, with a picture up there on the wall, you'd, you'd be up there most months. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I, we're, one of the questions we're trying to grapple with, and it's probably something that's not completely knowable, but is what's the state of missions mobilization in America? Is it is there increasing interest among college students? Is there decreasing? Is it who can say what do you have a from your conversations have you seen any trends in that area mm. <laughs> i 
feel like I don't know. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a legit I, like, answer. I don't feel like I'm great at like stepping back and thinking and looking at and seeing trends. I so it's like in some ways I'm like, oh, I feel like it's decreasing. Everybody's like so caught up in getting good jobs and things like that. But then I can like stop and think of different scenarios and situations where I think about, you know, what's going on with just people that like how God is using different conferences, I think, to like help, like I think about CrossCon and different things like that that are happening now that maybe weren't happening 15 years ago. So all that to say, I don't know that I'm the best person for this, <laughs> this specific question, but it's hard for me to see what the trends yeah. are. Mm-hmm. So we definitely, I mean, I might get to this later on, but like, I think post COVID also impacts everything, you know, mm-hmm. like our, it has been harder to mobilize since COVID hit. And so in that, if we're looking at the last five years, I would say a decrease, but if I'm looking at the last 15 years, I would, I think it's harder for me to say what the trends are. Mm-hmm. What, would, what would you say? How, how have you changed or what have you changed in the, in the way you mobilized over the last 14 years? I don't know that I've changed that much. I, there was like kind of a system that was already happening by the time I got to Iowa mm-hmm. and it seemed to be working. <laughs> so I was like, I think I'll just go with what they're doing. And then when I moved to Kansas, I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And so, which we heavily emphasize students mobilizing other students. Like that's mm-hmm. one of the ways that we mobilize is we have students get one-on-one time with students that are interested in going. And that's like, I think a really good method. I would say like maybe me personally, I've maybe in the last few years been a little bit more intentional to try to keep long-term opportunities in front of students. And so I'm really excited about what Link is doing with like this like cohort that they're starting of people getting people together that are interested in going longer term and then like getting stories from people that live overseas long term. So that's something I've been doing on a smaller scale here on my campus for like the last like four or five years is just trying to I usually try to my goal is to do it twice a semester, but just get people together who are interested in long term work and bring in somebody that has done it before and let them share their story and pick their brains and I keep it pretty simple. But I think that that's like what maybe one thing that I've been doing the last few years that I maybe wasn't doing like 15 years ago. So you shared earlier some challenges. You just kind of briefly mentioned, oh, I need to get a good job or you know, things that COVID created. What would you say overall are some of your greatest challenges in trying to mobilize students? You know, when we're having these conversations, what things are they saying that are maybe uh, reasons why they can't go or shouldn't go? Mm-hmm. I think one challenge is other great summer opportunities. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, a lot of like summer camps will come to our campus and they also want our students for the summer and they do a great job of mobilizing students. And so, and then a student might go and work at a camp and have an awesome experience. And so then they just want to keep doing that for all of their summers that they're here. And so I think that that, I mean, I think God is using that in the lives of our students and is helping them grow and mature. So I'm not like anti-camp. I'm just like, I just think that that's also a challenge. Like there's other great opportunities around. And so I'm 
if a student comes to me, I will tell them like, okay, well, just give at least one of your summers. You know, it's like you can have a diversified summer experience by maybe doing camp one year and a different year, you know, go overseas. And I will often tell students like, hey, if you're debating between the two, I think like going overseas will help you be a better camp counselor the next year because of the experiences you'll have overseas. So I think like just other opportunities, I think internships, a lot of students have to get an internship. And so it's like, if they don't, if this isn't put on their radar early on in college, then by the time, like, you know, they're getting towards the end of their college years, they, they have to get an internship or they really feel the pressure from either their major or their parents to get an internship so that they can land a job out of college money. I mean, it's just expensive to go to college. And so I think that's like another challenge is that students feel the, the need to use their summer to make money, which I mean, there's to a degree, I can applaud that because that means they're trying to be financially responsible if they're stewarding that money well. And then yeah. parents are, can also be a, a challenge. I mean, I feel like almost every year there's like some student that wants to go and their heart is ready to go and willing to go, but they have a parent that is just like not supportive of the idea. Mm-hmm. How do you coach them through that? Or what do you, I know every scenario is different, but. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, I think I tell them pray. And then I also encourage them to say like, Hey, can you just get a list from your parents of like, what are the concerns and questions they have? And I think, we might not be able to answer all of those questions, but I bet we can answer most of them. And I think that a lot of times people are, their discomfort comes from a lack of information. And it's like, if we can fill that gap and answer as many of the questions as possible, maybe that can help bring their anxiety down. I know that like when I was getting ready to move overseas, the part of Central Asia I was considering that I ended up moving to when I brought up with my dad, I think he wasn't expecting that country. And he was like, doesn't it border Iraq? <laughs> I was like, well, it does. But, and I just started like telling him how far I would be from there and comparing it to like, you know, we in the Midwest don't really think that much about what's going on in like California, you know, and just telling him about how great healthcare was or the place I was going to move to. And all these things. And by the end of that conversation, he was like, oh, well, I've always wanted to visit that country. <laughs> it was like the switch <laughs> in his heart because it's like, as I filled in the gaps of all the things he had fears of and like gave it, gave like real tangible information, then I think his anxiety decreased and he could be come behind me. And I think that's true with some of these parents as well. Like, and so I will offer to students, I'm like, hey, I'm happy to talk with your parents, or our director's happy to talk with your parents, our overseas partners are happy to talk with your parents. So if your parents are willing, like, please, like, I would love to have the conversation with them about and an- try to fill in as many answers as I can. So. So Jenny, what's the flip side of that? We talked about challenges. What are the joys that you have in mobilizing that kind of keep you going on those mornings when you wake up and you're tired and sore from climbing mountains and things like that. How do you, <laughs> how do you stay motivated? What, what, uh, what's in front of you in those moments? Oh man. Well, it, it is one of my, there's a, a variety of hats I wear being a camp. Every camp semester wears a variety of hats, but this is one of the hats that brings me the most joy, just sending students 
overseas. And I think it's like just every summer, just seeing their lives change through these experiences and just seeing them come back. And they, I mean, I can think of like one student that went this past summer and like talking to him, I like worked with his team at a week and then like seeing him at a back to school barbecue that we had, I'm like, Oh my goodness, you seem almost like a different person, you know? And so I think just the changes that God does in the hearts of the students, like, so the changes he does in them, but also the changes he does through them. And so just thinking about how God is like really using students to impact the nations. And so we have the joys of like, we mostly go to the same places over and over. And so it's been fun the last couple summers to see some relationships of like the nationals there where it's like one team got to plant a seed and another team came and watered the seed. And just to think like, you know, work in the places where these students are going to, is like really slow, but to see that we get to like partner with that work and like over the course of maybe many, many years of sending teams, like see God working in these places. So I'm like, when the summer happens, I like check my email probably more in the summer than any other time of year, because I'm just so excited for updates to come in. I'm kind of like a kid at Christmas, you know, it's like, oh, 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 we got an update, you know, and I'll just kind of stop whatever I'm doing and read the update because it's just so exciting to see like Mm. what God is doing through these students. Mm, That's cool. I think another, can I keep going? There's so many things that bring me joy. I'm like, oh, I think too, just seeing God use maybe short-term opportunities to train, change the trajectory of some students' lives. And so I think like whenever somebody goes back for a longer period of time, that, that brings me so much joy. Do you have any sort of feel for like what percentage of students that go on a summer trip will go back overseas in your ministry or ministries, both of them you were part of? Oh, I don't have like a percentage, but I would say almost I mean, I should have maybe before this given some thought to this of how many have gone long-term since in the like eight years I've been in Kansas, but I think it's like an average of more than one a year that will go back Mm -hmm. Mm long-term, maybe not every year, but if we look at like how many have gone Mm -hmm. and the number of years that I've been doing campus ministry in this location specifically. And so maybe like eight to 10%. Okay. Yeah. Would be my guess. Here's a follow-up question for you that for you, the question is for you, but it's also for everyone, myself, everyone listening, like what could we do to increase that percentage? What do you think? Like, is it just a fact that like God only calls about 10% of them overseas, you know, other than praying, you can't do much about that, but what could we do to, to increase that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, keep praying, keep doing Luke 10 too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think I always try to keep the vision of longer term in front of them. And like mm-hmm. I said, with keep praying, I would say like every, I try to pray pretty, like I set time in my schedule every week to pray for like our overseas hosts and our summer teams. Mm-hmm. Or like the ones that are about to be, you know, like this time of year, it would be like praying for nation's night and praying for like 
the students that might go this upcoming summer. Mm -hmm. So I don't have it. I'm still getting used to my routine. So I don't have it like scheduled for this fall yet, but that's like priority this week is to figure out when I'm going to kind of do that every week. And every year I'm praying that students, that God would give me, not give me, it's not giving me, that God would raise up students from each kind of like class or whatever, Mm -hmm. like group that goes over for one summer that he would bring some of them back, you know, like that of every group that goes each summer, that some would be led to go back long-term. And so I think prayer can't be emphasized enough. I think Mm -hmm. I always encourage my students to go on a short-term trip with a long-term vision. Like that's one of the last things they'll hear me say when I get them together at a week right before they're ready to go. And so I think that too, just like reminding them to just go with open hands. And then I think like just keeping the opportunities in front of them, vision leaks. And mm-hmm. we say that all the time. And so that's why I try to like a couple times this semester, gather students together who could maybe one day see themselves overseas long-term and just get some stories in front of them. Cause I think it just makes it more tangible. Like, okay, this is actually a possibility. Like this could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think there's barriers to, do you think the barriers to people going long-term are different than the barriers to people going on a summer trip? Somewhat. Mm -hmm. I think for a long-term, I mean, finances are a barrier in both categories, you Mm -hmm. know? And so students, I've thought of, there've been various students that I think they're ready to go and eager to go, but they just have so much debt that they can't go long-term. And we've already talked about how like finances can keep people from going short-term, but I do think like it is unique. I think when you're going long-term, it's just like, I think there's fear of like, oh, if I go, like, what does that mean as far as like, I want to get married one day. Like, am I putting a hold on that? I think that that's like a fear or fears of like, if I go and then decide to move back to America, like why behind and why be behind in my career? Like, why? if I go for long-term and realize like, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing like the rest of my life. What does that mean? Like I will have, I'll come back and I'll have like no engineering experience or whatever, whatnot, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that that's probably like another barrier. I think family, it falls under both categories, but maybe in, in different ways, you know, like, so I can think of some people where it's like, maybe they're, either an only child or, or kind of like an only child, you know, and mm-hmm. they kind of feel like, man, I just don't, that would be really hard on my parents if I went long-term, but like going for eight weeks, isn't that hard on their parents, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we've talked a little bit about uh, kind of next steps when students get back, what um, obviously there's some that will be called longer term, but in terms of what you'd want everyone to do when they get back, what's one thing that you'd say, boy, everyone, when they come back from their short-term trip, I'd hope they would do this, some sort of change in their lifestyle or some, you know, something they'd be way they would apply what they learned. I would hope that I would just give them a lens to like see the lostness around them. And so I think like the biggest thing is just like live intentionally. Like you spend your summer living, like if you go overseas for summer, you're, you're being so intentional with your time. And so I'd say like transfer that back to here. Like there's a lot of lostness here 
too in the people that they will, their classmates, if they're still in school or their coworkers once they are done with school. And so, but I would also say like, pray about going long-term. I feel like everybody can pray about like, just have open hands with their life. So I think it's good to remember that our lives are not our lives. Like if we are Christ followers, we already gave up our life. So it's really not ours anyways. So just having open hands with our futures. Amen. What about you? When you came back after three years, did you think about going back? Uh, I'm sure you've prayed about it. Do you feel like you're in a, I wish I could be overseas, but I'm stuck here. Like, how do you, how do you wrestle with that? But let me rephrase the question. Are there any days where you haven't thought about that? <laughs> yeah, I've definitely wrestled with it. And I would say in wrestling with it, like I wouldn't say like I'm settled, like oh, I'll never go overseas again. Like I, a church I was working for offered seminary and I was like, well, maybe I should just go ahead and do that. And then I'm more prepared. And so it's like, I've done some things to just kind of keep it still an option for me. Mm -hmm. So I, there, there definitely been different seasons where I'm like, Oh, maybe I should be moving overseas. Like, I don't know. And so, yes, I do wrestle with it. I am currently wrestling with it. People always ask like, Oh, like how long do you think you're going to be at your campus? I'm like, I never saw myself at my campus. So I have (laughs) no idea. Like I, um, I think like I want to be ready and willing And I hope I'm there. And I think, you know, I think some days I am. And I think some days that I can settle for what is comfortable and easy. So, yeah, I think it's harder. People say the longer you wait, the harder it is to go. And I think like one thing that I wrestle with right now is like when I was teaching, I, it was fine. I didn't love it. I really do love like what I'm doing now. And so I think that doesn't necessarily mean that that I should keep doing it, but I think that it's just makes the, makes it a little bit harder to think about leaving what I'm doing now, but I want to be willing. Yeah. I'm not sure if anybody that goes overseas doesn't, unless they just had a horrible experience, doesn't like kind of have that continually running in there running in their veins. The guy Brad and I talked with last week, he, he looked a little, he looked a little older. And so I thought like, I oh, maybe, but he's like, well, I definitely don't want to do anything to keep me from going back. I think that that just stays with you, but you do have a tremendous ministry there and you are doing, you are doing some really great things. And uh, we're thankful for that. Yeah. We would be very sad, but rejoicing at the same time if, if you ever followed that call. But it would be sad to not have you doing what you're doing because you are an incredible partner. Thank you for the encouragement. Mm-hmm. Well, James, any final questions, thoughts, brilliant insights? What, what do you got for us? Give me your thoughts. What do you think? What do you think mission mobilization on a college campus is going to look like? 20 years from now, 50 years from now. We, we thought we'd end with the easy question. End with the easy ones. <laughs> oh, man. Hmm. Is there going to be an Android version of you, you know, that's going to be recruiting <laughs> students? Well, oh, boy. 
I wonder just, I don't know. Oh, that's a good question. I, I'm wondering just what it will look like. Like, will we be able to get into the, the places we can get into now? Mm-hmm. We need to be like more creative in how to get students places. I feel like right now we can mostly just say, hey, you're going to be a tourist in this place. And they are tourists, so we're not being dishonest. But I don't know. That's just like, I, I don't know. That might change. My guess is that there will still be a need. So I think, oh, I don't know. I, I don't. It's a good question. I don't know that I have a great answer <laughs> of how it'll look different. I think we'll, we'll still be sending people unless Jesus has returned first. So I wonder too, just what the state of our own country will be like at that point. Um, just with the amount of nations coming to us, I don't think that that will mean there won't be a need to go, but I think, you know, the state of the church in America is also like not always thriving (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we're kind of living in a, I don't know, like an interesting season here. So I'm not saying that we won't need to go other places, but I just think God is also like bringing so many other places here. And also that just wondering what will be the state of Christianity in America in like Mm -hmm. 20, 50 years too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that kind of goes back to your point of like, I hope everyone that comes back will live intentionally. Mm-hmm. Well, Jenny, it's been really fun to have you. Thank you for letting us take a little bit of your time this afternoon. And hopefully we'll cross paths soon on the mobilization trail. I, I bet it won't be too much longer. <laughs> oh, I forgot one more thing you said. What should people do? Like what would be the thing I would tell them mm. to do when they get back from overseas? Mm-hmm. And yes. I'll say mm-hmm. they should volunteer for one link for a week <laughs> and go week and co-week. There that's, you go. that's the thing they should do. Thanks. Absolutely. We'll, we'll send you your okay. uh, check, your paycheck. Well, I was just saying, I'm not getting paid to say that. So, no, they should live intentionally first. And one way they can live intentionally, intentionally is by is. serving at those, uh, by volunteering. Yeah. Yeah. Be a sender. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us for this episode. James, grateful for your preparation work. And we'll see everybody again next week. All right. We'll see you guys. 